What's up, everybody? Welcome to the State of Wild, episode 65, a regular YouTube video web series podcast thingy. My name is Meowth, and as usual, I'm joined by my two good friends and co-hosts, Raffle and Corbett. How are you guys doing this week? You know, I'm doing all right. It's uh, been a bit of a weird week. I was fortunate enough to get early access to Mercenaries. I got to test that out. Oh, and I had uh, my Twitch earnings for the past two years leak, and then I hit Legend today. So um, a little bit of ups and downs, and... Uh, just kind of some strangeness happening so that was my week how about you corb yeah um not quite that weird i will just say at the very top of the show like on that twitch leak guys make sure if you are a twitch person that you go change your password and do all that kind of stuff you've probably heard that a million times but just just go do it it's good um but yeah i i feel weird we missed the podcast last week for the first time in what feels like over uh, a year forever over a yeah, year basically since i skipped town one time i think right that's that's about it. Oh, that's right. You so, did miss a weekend during the holidays, and so we did miss one yeah, week. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So the New first Year's time in something. nine months we have skipped an episode. Yeah, it's pretty that good. is weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we forgot how to podcast, but we're going to try and work our way uh, through it today. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, you're just going to completely miss the fact that you didn't play any wild this week at all, and so. <laughs> oh yeah, I totally, yeah. Speaking of forgetting things, like I just basically have not touched the wild format since the season reset. I'm bronze ten. Good rank, right? Yeah. I'm higher than Corb. We are all higher <laughs> ranks. We now have superior uh you know, superior brains when it comes to the wild format. You have no you have no authority here. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was joking, jokingly saying we needed a new podcast co host because I mean, how is he gonna talk about wild when he doesn't play wild? And I'm just saying that offer is still out there. If we can find somebody better than Corb, I'm willing to replace him. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um Yeah, it shouldn't be hard. <laughs> it shouldn't be hard to find somebody above bronze ten. Like Exactly. Grab somebody out of Twitch chat if I mean, 50% chance they're above that rank. <laughs> I mean, speaking of awesome news, uh, I didn't even know you got early access to Mercenaries because you didn't tweet out about it like everybody else did. So, I mean, our, I know you're not allowed to say anything, but should we be excited about Mercenaries? Uh, yeah, I was I was actually pleasantly surprised. I didn't go in with uh, super high expectations. You know, I was going to give it a chance. I, I've talked about it before. I've played those types of games before, and, you know, I, I do enjoy them, and I figured I probably would. Um I mostly just tested out the uh, the PvP PvP because um, I felt like doing the you know the bounties and like the the PVE encounters would be a little bit repetitive if I'm just gonna have to do that again. Um, but there's a little bit more depth to the PvP than I was expecting, and the biggest thing that I learned about it is that I am very bad at it. Um, so, <laughs> so I, I think that there's going to be a, a bit of a learning curve um, for people once they they pick it up. But I think there is some potential. Regis said the same thing on Twitter just today. I think that um, that there is some potential as a viewer for the PvP, um, just because there are you know some unique decisions being made. Kind of like it's been compared to uh, Pokemon battles. So um, I mean, people enjoy watching that. So there's maybe um uh, an audience for it and um i don't know I'm, I'm looking forward to the full release uh because some of the, the some of the draw of that type of game is the the hero collection and just like yeah. getting like building up those heroes so that's that's the part of the pve that i was kind of putting off so looking forward to it yeah for those of you guys that don't know full mercenaries release coming out on tuesday the 12th so right around the corner uh pretty exciting for those of you guys that are interested in that I know I'll be checking it out. Maybe maybe not on stream, but I'll be definitely checking it out off stream. Uh, kind of excited to, to try it out. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, this isn't a mercenaries podcast. Let's let's talk about the wild format, right? Let's let's talk about what little there is to talk about. Uh, but before we do all of that, um, we have to do our our sellouts. Uh, you know, the, the housekeeping stuff. Uh, so first things first, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that kind of good stuff, uh, make sure you guys drop a like or subscribe and stuff like that. Um, it's a small thing, but it does actually support us a ton. Yeah, you can also support the podcast by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash stateofwild, and you'll pick up some sweet perks in the process. And you can always come join the State of Wild Discord server to talk all things wild, Hearthstone, or mercenaries, apparently. Yeah, we're going to have to make a new mercenaries tab uh, in the in the server uh, once the, mm-hmm. the new game mode releases. All right, so uh, let's start off the podcast. Let's talk about kind of just TLDR of the, the WoW meta. It's been a couple weeks since the whole big ban, nerf, shakeup to the format. Um, I think we can safely say that there are some decks that are ahead of all the rest, right? The cream of the crop when it comes to, to power level. Uh, we're looking at even lock slash even arena lock. Uh, maybe we can have a discussion about that, about which one we think is superior. Uh, I've got Odd Quest Hunter, you've got Pirate Warrior, and then you've got like your combo decks, right? So the Celestial Druid slash Ignite Mages. So those are kind of the the cream of the crop. Um, so just kind of open question: How are you guys feeling uh, about the Wild Meta? Uh, just kind of generally, like I know me personally, like this is not my favorite meta, but it is definitely better than Seedlock Meta. So it's not like I can be too mad or too frustrated about it. Um, so just kind of generally, how are you guys feeling? Uh, I'm pretty much in the same spot. Fortunately, like at the rank bands I'm at, I'm not encountering a whole lot of um, Ignite Mage. I, can, I see that as a pretty uniquely frustrating deck. Um, fortunately, it's not very popular. Aside from that, though, like I, I don't know. I feel as though I'm in the minority because I don't seem to have as big of a problem with the uh, Quest Warrior, Quest Hunter and to a lesser extent, uh, even Warlock, oh, really? um, kind of triad that uh, a lot of people are are having. First of all, um, I don't know how much Evenlock has caught on yet. Like, I, are people still under the impression that that's not a real deck? Because I don't see it um, nearly as frequently as I should, because I think that's maybe, you know, ahead of the other two in terms of uh, the, the decks right now, especially how much it feeds on uh pirate warrior and like i that was the deck i used to go from um you know beginning of the season to to diamond five and i like i i won like 12 straight i had like a above 80 percent win rate and just cruised in in a couple of hours to to diamond five without with like a 10 star bonus like i think the a lot of the problem is i think people are still putting weird and bad cards to um to, to tech against the metagame when the best way to tech against the metagame is to make big guy and kill kill opponent. Like, um, I was running a really threat-dense list. Uh, I was talking with Meowth before the pod, but, like, I think that uh, tech cards and healing are for cowards, and you just want the opponent to die. Like, you, the goal is play threats, coin a, uh, a battle master, win the game. Like, you, the game should be ending on turn five or turn six. I, I don't understand... Things like Narrowbar Unraveler. I definitely don't like Dirty Rats or Watch Posts. Watch Posts can't attack. Dirty Rats just stay in your hand. And then, like, I, I feel like people playing Questline decks are getting smarter and actually thinking about the fact that maybe my opponent has Rat and I shouldn't complete this Questline until I can play the reward. So, like, I don't see those as valid tech guards in the this metagame. I see killing the opponent as, <laughs> as a good strategy. So... Uh, I was running Soul Rens, Baron Scavengers, and just all of the eight eights I could uh, get down by turn four, and uh, I had a great time with it. 
Yeah, that Soul Rend uh, scavenger package isn't something that's very widely seen right now, but it does. I, I can't help but think that it's worth exploring because I've really liked Soul Rend as a card, even mm -hmm. without the scavenger. Like, that card is so good <laughs> um, because, you know, fatigue isn't really that relevant in that many matchups, right? Uh, but yeah, as for, you know, like the, the general feeling of the meta. Um, general impressions so we have you know pirate warriors around like 15 percent odd hunters around 15 percent and then uh even lock is about five to six and then reno even is like 11 so like in total they're about the same they're all like 15 percent piece um for like diamond through legend over the past like week or so so there are these three very dominant decks and i mean how am I feeling about the format? I don't like it very much, dude. I don't like this format right now. Like, I'll be honest. There's a reason I haven't been playing Wild this past week. Uh, why I was a bit put off at the end of last season and why I'm currently playing Standard. Um, part of that is, I think, just because of, you know, burnout. Like, where this is the part of the expansion cycle where we should be getting mini set cards and we're not. Um, and so it's very normal, like, that we'd be feeling a little bit drained at this stage. Uh, but yeah, I think I like this meta less than I liked the last patch of Seedlock, which Cancel might be a bit controversial. <laughs> I uh. think that last patch, like, when Flesh went to 10, I think I enjoyed that meta a bit more than the current one. I really don't like the current format, and yeah, especially decks like Ignite Mage and Pillager Rogue and Alignment Druid as sort of the other things in the format, apart from those big three. I don't know, it's all a bit draining to me, personally. Okay, first of all, how dare you say you like this better, or you like this less than Seedlock? I genuinely, we're looking for a new co-host. Applications down <laughs> in the comments. Like, um, <laughs> like Meowth said, I think that the contrast between this metagame and Seedlock is one of the things that allows me to enjoy it. Like, mm -hmm. I, I was, I was not enjoying the game during the the Seedlock meta, and like, I think the contrast between what we're seeing now, where you know, it's three decks that are essentially accounting for what Warlock alone was. And so, like, that's at least some variety. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, objectively, it's much healthier. Like, it, 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 like I can definitely understand why the majority of people would like this a lot more. It's just I don't happen to enjoy the specific decks that are kind of being, like, played right now, right? Yeah. Even though I can say, you know, it's, it's much more diverse and you can do a lot more things and it's much more opened up in terms of, like, the game length and that cap that we've been talking about. Um, it's all been relieved a bit. But these specific decks that are being played, not my cup of tea. No, I, I, I completely understand that. Like, everybody everybody has their favorite metas, right? Um, I mean, I will just say, <laughs> while I like this better than Seedlock, I did mention that this was, like, not my favorite meta. It feels... It's very, I feel like, polarized towards tech cards right now, right? Because there's so much, like, there's Odd Hunter, and one of the, like, main ways that a lot of these decks are trying to counter Odd Hunter is through stuff like Grizzle Wizard and Finley, or just, like, Mindbreakers and, and stuff like that, or Unravelers and Colt Neophytes, and we're running a whole bunch of tech cards. Whether that's right or not, I don't know, but it does feel like there's a lot of those going around, and tech card metas, or metas where people feel compelled to run a lot of tech cards have never really felt very good, um, just kind of overall. But I will say, compared to Seedlock, I have very much enjoyed, actually, I have, I've had multiple games, like, actually go to Fatigue where all 30 cards mattered, and I had to, like, consciously think to myself to not tap as the even lock, right? Because it <laughs> matters. Um, and so I'm enjoying it much more, but I, I, I was talking about this uh, to my Twitch chat, 
I kind of missed Forged in the Barrens. Like, I was, I'm really, <laughs> I, I was looking at United and Stormwind, and I'm not happy with a lot of the things that United and Stormwind kind of introduced to the WoW metagame. Like, I personally would rather just go back to, like, Forged in the Barrens, even though that was, like, <laughs> I don't know, the same meta that we had had for, like, six months. I like that meta better than we had now. I think it's um, <laughs> when you're in the midst of something that's like maybe not your favorite. It's easy to look back and say, "Well, it was better then." But yeah. like that, like you said, that had its own problems that like we Darkly. complained about during that. So mm -hmm. there is no perfect metagame. I don't like uh, aspects of, of this metagame either. Um, but I don't. I don't. I don't know. Like there's there's going to be new cards coming. I don't think that people will Soon. <laughs> look back on United and Stormwind um, fondly. But at the same time, people are doing the same thing with uh, Journey to Angora right now in Knights of the Frozen Throne, and those were despised metagames when they were first released, and people look back on them fondly. So, I don't know. Looking back is a lot easier to appreciate the good things, it seems like, for some of the community, when, like, Quest Rogue was a thing that just haunted people for a long time in Journey to Angora, and Druid was appalling in Knights of the Frozen Throne, and people just like, yeah, those are my favorite expansions. They're great times in Hearthstone history. It's like, do, do you remember what actually happened then? So I, I don't think that, I think I think that there was, um, with Seedlock especially, there was enough negative sentiment towards United and Stormwind that that won't be the case. But like, I, I would have expected the same thing for, for those two sets. And like I said, now they're being looked on fondly. So um, I, I just hope that, you know, new cards come and shake things up a little bit, but it's it, it's it's hard to, um, see how that can be the case when a mini set is a fairly small number of cards um, and when things have changed so dramatically with United and Stormwind because it was a extraordinarily high power level set but at the same time like it wasn't that long ago when we couldn't envision a world where Secret Mage wasn't uh, you know a top tier deck so yeah I mean two things there first of all I miss Secret Mage. I just want that on the record. I, I miss that deck. Um, I take a sigh of relief when I queue into a Secret Mage these days. Like, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. I will say, I, I think you're 100% correct. And, like, thanks for pointing it out about, like, everybody looks back at the, the past expansions with, like, rose-tinted goggles. Like, they forget the parts that they don't want to remember. And they're just like, ah, but Frozen Throne brought about Cube, right? And I love Cube. Or, no, Frozen Throne was Death Knights. Druid. Golden Catacombs was Cubes, right? Um, yeah. No, it was just Druid was Frozen Throne. Yeah. Literally right. just Druid. In Standard, at least. Um, in Wild. I mean, Fine Man of Spreading Plague did kind of... Anyways. <laughs> uh, exactly <laughs> the point, though, right? Like, I, I do totally recognize that. And I'm sure there are people out there that do enjoy the format right now as it is. Um, but I will also say, I I was convinced by Corbett. I did check out some Standard. And it does feel like right now, because United and Storm was such a high power level set... It kind of feels like right now standard is like what wild was like a year year ago maybe like a year and a half ago like pretty p high power level um there's aggressive decks there's mid-range decks there's control decks there's combo decks that are all powerful and like um i don't know I've, I've been having a lot of fun like i've only been playing standard for two days and i've been like it's felt very refreshing um especially since that many sets not coming for like what we think is another month so yeah yeah. I, I will say I, I enjoy watching Standard. I watch the uh, GMs, uh, but anytime I play it, I just like, 
why why do I have so few cards to work with? I don't I, I can't build a deck with this. They, like so it's I don't, I don't like the lack of uh, variety anytime I try and play it. It's um and that's something that even in our imperfect metagame right now, we do have a fair amount of variety compared to standard just because they're, you know, you you queue into a deck and it you know, if it, if it's hunter, it's probably quest line. If it's warrior, it's probably quest line. If it's warlock you start to question what it might be. Uh, even then, it could be an even hunter. Somebody hit rank one with even hunter recently. You know, other decks, you there's kind of this uncertainty when you queue into it what it could possibly be. And I, I don't know. I enjoy that. I, I value overvalue probably variety, and I think that that's what draws me to the wild format. And that's still, I think we have a bit of that. Well, I will say, I think one one last thing, and I'll let actually Corbett say some words because I feel like he hasn't talked in like a million years. But <laughs> hey, I'm good. Uh, I will say, I think the main reason that I'm not enjoying this format is because the part of Wild that's always appealed to me was, like, taking those, like, Tier 4, Tier 5 decks, right, and, like, making them as good as they can so that they can beat those Tier 1 decks, right? And for the past three or four years, I've been able to hold positive win rates with kind of jank, right? Like, what you would suppose is jank, like these Tier 3, Tier 4, Tier 5 decks. But nowadays, it feels like when I queue up one of those three or tier three tier four tier five decks and i queue into a questline hunter or pirate warrior or a even lock i have like very little chance to to win those games and that's it it really feels like while you used to have (laughs) you know if you played really really well and you built your deck really really well you could have a 50 percent win rate i'm like i'm not expecting to have positive win rates with these janks but they kind of feel like hopeless which is kind of where my attraction towards the format I can I can feel it waning because like the thing that I enjoy doing the most I, I can't do anymore. I will counter that with the fact that I had a positive win rate today with uh, Shuffle Demon Hunter with Elise Starseeker as my win condition with both Elix in my deck. So like I mean the possibility is yeah. is still there. It's not you know it's not easy. It, it, you don't have the time to set up that kind of nonsense mm-hmm. that you used to when Reno decks were um more popular but i also capped the curve out at four mana (laughs) and like that that was just my deck because i like i'm aware of you know the world i'm living in so i i i I agree with you but it's i i wouldn't say that it's impossible i think you just need to kind of adjust no no i i totally don't think that it's impossible it's just it's a lot harder to do and like this this month i tried to hit legend with like Garote Rogue, like a wild version of that, um, using King's Main. Like, it's it's NHL's list, uh, essentially, with, like... And, and it just felt like every time I queued on a Hunter or a Pirate Warrior, that matchup was, like, I had a 25-30% chance to win that, even if I, like, played really, really well. And it, it kind of... <laughs> it feels like that with a lot of decks, which is the frustrating part for me, personally. Like what I enjoy doing the format, it's kind of hard to do. But, I mean, at this point, I'm just complaining. And <laughs> and I think people kind of understand where the wild meta is right now. Um, and I think Raffle and I will at least agree that it is better than Seedlock meta. Even though, Corbett, God. I, I'm, I'm surprised you went back to this after people yelled at you in the comments last time for saying that you, like, didn't agree with the Seedlock ban and you didn't want to see that happen. I'm, I'm surprised you went back to that idea. <laughs> Are we changing history? Did they really say that? Hang on. I I need to go back and check this. Um, I don't know. I'll be honest. I'm not afraid to give the controversial opinion meowth, you know? I've always say what's on my mind. Yeah. 
I, no matter how much Blizzard uh, Blizzard tries to shill me and make sure that I never complain about the game, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, and so now for the second part uh, of today's episode, we're going to do something a little bit fun. So we've got a, a couple of uh, pretty exciting episodes coming in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and so we're not really going to have time before the mini set to do this. So we kind of wanted to take some time to, to do this now and uh, look back at our predictions for United and Stormwind and kind of review our reviews uh, about United and Stormwind. So instead of going through every single card... Um, and just talking about whether we were right or wrong, we're going to kind of go back to uh, kind of our overall predictions that we made. What, what we thought were going to be the most powerful cards, what we thought were going to be, you know, our favorite cards, uh, and just talk about how right or wrong we were, and also talk about some some really big misses uh, that we had as well. Um, we we totally like us. We, we totally did. I mean, that's the fun. That's the fun part, right? Like, it's not about talking about what you got right. It's all about, hey, where did you really get stuff wrong? Yeah. So we should talk about what we got wrong first, right? So that when we come back, we can end the show with what we got right, and then pretend like we were smart all along, because that's all people are going to remember. Uh, right. Yeah. 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 All right. Perfect. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. So let's uh, let's start off with what we thought um, the most powerful cards uh, from United in Stormwind were going to be. Uh, so, Ruffle, you want to go first? Sure, sure. Uh, my fifth most powerful card was uh, Dark Bishop Benedictus, which uh, I was really... I think I was a little bit higher on the uh, the aggro versions than uh, than the two of you were, um, just because like I had been trying to pump that uh, the Death Rattle version of, of the archetype over previous expansions. That's really where I thought the deck was going to go and i was wrong on that but i was very right about the um the existence of like dark bishop um making aggro like a legitimate deck it, it probably preyed on seedlock quite a bit which inflated its power level but it's still like probably a relevant deck even without the uh the elusia just not nearly like on the level of some of those other um archetypes that we talked about earlier so could see a resurgence because I, I could see like mind blast uh, beating down uh, even luck, um, especially if I get people to cut healing. Uh, at number four, I had a combination of uh, rust rot, viper, and royal Lar librarian. These are the tradable tech cards, and I think that um, you know, said with it, we're in a tech metagame, but like not for silence or weapon removal. So. Like, these cards are still C in play just because tradable good. Like, it's being used as a cycle mechanic, but... So, I think I missed the mark in terms of which tradable cards are are, are C in play, but there are certainly some. Um, and if we ever do return to a world where silencing minions... Probably not. But uh, maybe weapon removal becomes relevant if Kingsman starts propping up. Uh, I could see Restaurant Viper being uh, a valid inclusion. So, kind of a mid... Uh, level card for both of those. I, I wouldn't call that a hit. Definitely not one of the most powerful cards of the set. Um, next up, though, is Moarg Forge Fiend, which I, I, I will say is one of the uh, the more powerful cards of the set. Uh, it's, you know, in some lists, replace uh, Enhanced Dreadlord for, like, your Reno Lock um, Demon Package. Um, and, you know, it's good in even Reno Lock when you're more limited uh, for those demons, and just, like, a good big body to to drop at uh at times in in classes where um you know armor gain isn't typically allowed so like pretty good card uh, i was actually playing it in taunt druid recently to give myself a demon for new zoth and uh, it was all right 
Uh, number two, I had Garot, or Garot, however you want to say it. Um, and yeah, this is a fantastic, fantastic card in Standard. Uh, hasn't really caught on in Wild, where I was imagining seeing a play as a hyper aggro, um, like Scimitar uh, Rogue, where that deck just churns through its deck so quickly that you just play the Gura and like accidentally draw the bleeds, and you're just like, okay, well, you're dead now. Um, and I actually had a reasonable amount of success with that deck. I hit Legend with it like towards the end of the season last month, and it was pretty good. Um, but like, it's you know. Garot wasn't the card that was carrying by any means, so it's. Uh, I think it's uh, just like, you know, the the twenty ninth and thirtieth card, thirtieth card in that deck. So I don't think it's anything special. Uh, although, like, there is an entire standard archetype, so there's some potential for that card in the future. And then my number one <laughs> powerful card was uh, was Fire Sale. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is uh, clearly been. The oppressive, oppressive thing that Mage does. None of the other fire spells matter. Uh, it's fire mm-hmm. sale, and don't let anyone tell you anything different. <laughs> um, yeah, big whiff on this one. Like it has. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's popped up a few times in like non Pocket Galaxy Reno Mages, which is probably the way to build it now. But it's like n- nobody plays for board anymore. So like, yeah, you clear. You clear a captain board uh, against Pirate Warrior, but they've got the Ankar equipped, so they just refill next turn and win anyway. Or they just, like, drop the Rokara and the Juggernaut kills you. So, um, good job clearing it's, You know, good waste of four mana, idiot. Like, <laughs> this card isn't really suited for the uh, the current metagame. So, I kind of botched that one. I don't, I don't think it's as bad as Deck of Chaos, but it is... It's kind of close, you know? It's in that second tier. Oh, come on. Don't even. <laughs> it's not even close. What are we no, talking about? Yeah, don't be... Like, the, I, I just fact... really want to get off this deck of chaos shame. No, okay? no. I gotta share it. No, Embrace you it. brought it up. You brought it up, and you're wrong. Because, <laughs> like, at worst, this is just one mana cycle of cards. So, yeah. how, like, it's nowhere near five mana pass or six mana pass at the time. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's a really good card. It's a really good card in standard. It has no home at all right now in wild and this doesn't yeah. make any sense right now so i think that you know there's some potential for it later but i don't think that yeah. we're like unless we get back to some form of uh board based decks it's not going to be like even odd decks don't appear to be uh coming back for a period of time yeah. and i haven't i haven't looked too closely at uh the other predictions so i don't know how to grade you on this ruffle about how uh, how you overall did with your top five. I will I will accept a rating of nothing other than six out of nine. Perfect. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say Garot is like a standard defining thing, but I also like I was playing NHL's list and it like it feels like it could be a thing. It's a worse pillager rogue, but if you want to play like Garot rogue and wild, it's like a consistent turn eight kill. Like you can do it. Um, is it worse than pillager? But- yes. But was it rated on the assumption that it would work with spell damage? Like that's the that's the that's whole another thing. I thing, have right. Okay, it wasn't. I, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Like he because he said he was doing it in aggro decks. But also, yeah. I'm pretty sure that, that interaction was unintentional. But they kept it because it made a competitive deck, and like they didn't want to go back and fix it. Like I know that I there were like, some oh. devs, devs talking yeah, about how I was like, oh, that's cool. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was really confusing where I think uh, Gallon initially had said in the first week or two, he's like, oh, that's a bug, we'll fix that. And someone else uh, came along and said, no, no, <laughs> intended. It was just like, oh, okay. Are you and sure? They're just kind of rolling with it. Now, now it's like really weird because it's the Arcanist, the, uh, the two mana uh, minion your next spell has plus two spell damage. Now that works with the bleeds as well, which is just even more confusing. So I don't know how we ended up here. So when I uh, worked for a software development company, there's a meme that often got shared where it was a um, like a cockroach, a bug, and it was just the the left hand side was bug, and it was labeled bug. Uh, to the right, there was a bug dressed up in a suit, and it was feature. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much what the uh, spell damage grote is. Um, we can we can make comparisons after all three of us have gone through our predictions and say who sure. who who had the best who, who was the smartest. Yeah. Um, all right, Corbett, you want to go next? Oh, absolutely. Let's start off with uh, number five, uh, aimed shot. Uh, so the hunter spell, you know, we're all familiar with it. I think at this point, if you've been playing any amount of wild or standard. Um, so aimed shot at number five. Then we had a uh, harbor scamp, the two mana two two pirate at number four. Alliance uh, banana man is apparently what we're calling it based on what I've heard from the GM casting. Uh, yes, Alliance Banana Man, the 3-mana 2-2 Paladin hand-buffing card. Uh, at number 2, Touch of the Nathrazin. And my number 1 most powerful card in all of Stormwind is, of course, Prismatic Jewel Kit. <laughs> uh, you were doing so well until you got to your number 1. I think you were doing Oh, so I was well. clutching it. Oh my god, I was nailing that for the first one. And then, uh, yeah, then we got to the jewel kit. Um, yeah, a bit regretful on that one. I mean, it's kind of nutty where uh, it started off kind of looking very promising, I think, for jewel kit. Like, at least in standard. But it got cut so fast and wild. Like, people just abandoned that whole Divine Shield package immediately. Uh, and so, yeah, it never really took off. And even now, there's a bit of hand buff buzz. People are playing a whole bunch of, like, rebukes and... Uh, weird stuff you know uh to beat up hunter and there's not a dual kit to be said yeah got the rebuke robes of protection cobalt monk package in uh yeah that's the handbook yeah it's yeah. it's gross that's all i, gotta yeah, say. I mean ruffle if you're not happy about tech cards you don't uh you don't want to see this list <laughs> oh no i've i've uh i've played a similar list in uh mm-hmm. druid with uh Guild recruiters and Oaken summons, and it's hilarious. Good lord, <laughs> that's gross. That's also gross. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. No, but uh, I mean, can we talk real quick? I, I I feel like we missed on a lot of warlock cards, and we'll, we'll touch on that later. But like Tuts of the Nathrasim, I'm very surprised that like hasn't gotten nerfed because of standard. Like that card is insane. Like that's so good. It was probably very close. Like yeah, it, it I, was probably one of the cards they looked at. Yeah. One of the times that they nerfed Flesh Giant, I think the second time. I, I was expecting it to to be touch, um, so yeah, the, like that was uh, kind of. I, I'm in agreement. I'm surprised that that card is, like, it just does. It has too many numbers on it for one mana, right? Like that's outrageous. How much it heals for? How much damage it does? Like, it is that card's not there. Yeah. Also, like I know Hambo Paladin has also kind of disappeared outside of like the resurgence of tech buff, but like. Man, I can't wait for a rotation where we get, like, Conviction and Hand of a Doll and all of these cards unnerfed and, like, actually see the full power of Handball Paladin again and see if it can compete with stuff like God Hunter. We do not need Conviction back, first of all. <laughs> yeah, first of all, that's that's true. I don't uh, I don't really think about too much about, like, what we're eventually going to get I because know. it's, like, so far away. And who knows what, you know, turn two OTKs we're going to have in Wild by that point. And we all expected, like, 
Mogu to to get unnerfed, and that never happened too. So mm -hmm. I, I think we need to like not expect that just because something was nerfed that it will be unnerfed when it rotates. I think that. Why am example, I the optimistic one this week? What's going on? I Why? think that. <laughs> I think that for example. Conviction is a card that never should have been printed at one mana, so we can leave it at two mana, and that's okay. I am I am hopeful that like when they nerf six paladin cards, we will get those paladin cards back. And uh, I I am totally not greedy, and I want it back for Libran Paladin. I know it'll buff these other two paladin decks, but also like I didn't hate playing as Handball Paladin. I think it was a cool deck. Yeah. And I'm no, I like I'm okay <laughs> with some of the other cards coming back. Conviction, no, no. we don't need one mana fireballs. I think we do, <clears throat> but anyways, um, uh, let's move on to to my top five most powerful, and I don't really want to talk about these, but I guess I'll have to. Um, my number five, I also had Benedictus. Um, like Rafa, I think I was on that Death Rattle package. I know I was playing like Lepernome, Cobalt Sand Trooper, the Shade Spirit guy, the three mana four three deal three Death Rattle. I was on that package until we realized how good the other cards were. Um, but yeah, I mean Agra Priest obviously was a very solid deck um and we'll talk about that in a little bit but yeah benedict's i think was was very good uh i also had forge fiend at number four uh number three i had first flame um i was excited for first flame and stuff like reno um reno mage but obviously like first flame seeing play in a lot of other decks as well uh because what the hell is a reno mage <laughs> uh alliance bannerman at number two obviously hand buff paladin and then my number one card i had entitled customer um so when I made this prediction, I was under the assumption that Dark Glare was still going to be the top deck in the format, and uh, being able to answer a board full of Giants and Lothep uh, with a minion felt really, really powerful to me. Um, so obviously that wasn't the meta that we saw for the first couple months of uh, United and Stormwind, but um, I do still think like now we are seeing the power of Entitled Customer, now that even Renalock is a uh, is a pretty popular deck. That all being said, I don't think it is my top you know, most powerful card uh, from the set looking back, but I do think a title customer was was fine. So I don't I don't think any of these were wrong, per se. They they weren't Fire Sale or Prismatic Jewel Kit, but none of them I think were the top five most powerful cards uh, in the set. So I mean, if I if we had to make comparisons, do we? Like you guys got more things that were more powerful, but you guys also had some clunkers, right? Do do I get credit for not having any clunkers? Oh no! I think you did much better than me. Like we both tunneled in on clearing the board for whatever reason, when that's not a reality that exists right now. But like, I will, I will gladly and proudly, not proudly, shamefully take this L because I think that I had the uh, the biggest miss uh, when it comes to these cards. Um, but like, aside from his top pick, I think Corb hit it pretty well. Like you both had the Banana Man, so that's kind of net neutral. Um, I think he maybe got the uh, the one mana spell. I will be the objective reporter here. I think it's close. I don't know that aim shot is the card that's carrying odd hunter. So I don't know. Like it, it, it's a neck and neck race between the two of you. You can sort it out. Just do an arm well, wrestle. We just we just let the listeners decide then. Yeah, there yeah. you go. We'll we'll put a poll down in the comments on YouTube or something, <laughs> and you guys are gonna have to give vote and tell us who who got it right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. For what it's worth, Don't I did have like Harbor Scamp in my honorable mentions. So I know Corbett had it on his top five. I had it in my honorable mentions. Um, yeah, but you also had Cornelius Rome. No, why did you read the rest of it? Right? <laughs> you do you don't want to put attention. You don't want to bring attention to those, man. <laughs> ah, fuck, I messed up. Oh, fine, fine, fair enough, fair enough. All right. Speaking of Cornelius Rome, I mean, we can move on to the like the top five cards that we were the most excited for, 
And uh, since we're already talking about Cornelius, I guess I'll go first. Um, so for me, my top five favorite cards. And for number five, I had Peasant. Um, I was super excited about this one drop. And I actually think that Loki, I was I was right about this. I think it's a pretty powerful card. Um, I think people are realizing the power of this card in stuff like Odd Demon Hunter and Odd Rogue. I know somebody hit, um, I believe it was Wander, hit rank two EU with Odd Rogue uh, running Peasants um, pretty good. Um, and it's also seeing play in uh, Aggro Druids. I know none of these are like top tier decks, but it's like it's seeing play in those decks, and it's pretty good in those decks. Uh, and it's also pretty good in in cute logs. So I, I really like the peasant. Um, I was that was like my sleeper pick. I know like Corbett, you had freaking uh, what was the last Watch last post. expansion? Yeah, hashtag post up. Hashtag yep. post up as like your sleeper pick. I think peasant was my sleeper pick, and I'm pretty happy about how that turned out. It's not. It was no watch post, but it was. It was. Well, pretty nothing good. is really yeah, yeah fair enough i missed post um for number four i had boldner so this was like the shaman brand the two mana brand um obviously slow shaman decks didn't exist for the first two months of stormwind um but like <laughs> i've seen a lot of reno shamans kind of come back out of the woodworks now that seedlock is unnerfed get into a fair amount of those and they're all running boldner for some reason um I think this was a clunker, but he was pretty fun to play with, so I think that still counts. Um, I had Dark Bishop Benedictus as one of my favorites. Um, obviously, we, we talked about Priest. Yeah, so I, I had Raza Hunter as my, uh, my second favorite <laughs> uh, card to play. I was under the impression that it was going to be a fun deck, but not a, uh, a very good deck. So, y- you know, unique Hunter archetypes. I, I, I'm still going to take that as a dub. Um... But then I also had Cornelius Rome as my favorite card from this set. I was so excited to play Cornelius Rome. When I was theory crafting, I shoved Cornelius Rome in like every sort of mid-rangey tempo deck just because I was like, ah, card draw for mid-range decks. Card draw is what what they need. Shove Cornelius Rome in everything. Um That Yep. Yeah. That's all I got. I yeah, you I have to explain. Yeah. I've I've been trying to force him to work. I've been putting him in like uh, Libra and Paladin and stuff. Like, he's not good. I, I really want him to be, but he's not good. So, but but yeah, I, I was pretty excited with all the other stuff. Just just not Cornelius. This is your full fun list, Meowth. You don't have to justify this. This is all, you know, well, you let you enjoy. You know what's yeah, not very fun, well, we, though? Cards that suck. Cards that well, suck are not very fun. <laughs> what I've learned from this is the famous wild Hearthstone streamer Get Me Out thinks that Defend the Dwarven District is a really fun deck. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think uh, we're all gonna uh, <laughs> we're all gonna be talking about that. I think. Oh God, I just read my list. <laughs> uh, yeah, I read mine as well. So, <laughs> so do you guys want to share your favorites too? Come on. Nope. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll go ahead then. Um, at number five, we have Elwyn Ball, which I never actually have played a single game of Ball Brace, so that didn't turn out great. Um, after all the hype, I, I mean, I was very happy about it just because of the South Park reference as much as anything, and so, sure, but I, I just never got around to boring people. Uh, the the Warlock meta that developed and then everything else just sort of made me so... Bleh, like, I, I didn't want to win 25% of the time. Like, that seems like a rough... I don't know, dude. That seems like a rough experience. Um, next up at number four, I had Lady Presta. Uh, again, a card that I never really experimented with too much. Like, it wasn't really... I, I did see a pretty fun, uh, like, cute version of it, where you play it with a whole bunch of, like, zero-cost cards and, um, 
you do some fancy stuff, but never really saw much experimentation with that, never tried it much. Uh, honestly, half the times I'm going to say, like, add a favorite favorite card. If it wasn't good, Ruffles probably tried it instead. Uh, so we'll get to that. I, I will say that with Lady Prestor, I have gotten infinite hero powers into Koldara Drake with both Demon Hunter and Even Hunter. Well, there you go. <laughs> See, How the hell do you do it Even Hunter? Uh, you play the, the two-minute card that reduces your hero power. Oh, you you yeah. hold one. You, you hold the uh, the Fellfire, and then you uh -huh. play the um, you, you play the Prestor, and then get lucky, and then you get infinite damage. Mm. It's simple. It's simple. Simple. Yeah. Totally chill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at number three, I had Benedictus, which I actually loved. Like I loved Shadow Priest, and I still do. It's my favorite decks right now in uh in Wild. Um, at number two, we had Hot Streak. Which I had fun abusing in APM Mage style decks, but I've come very much to regret <laughs> with the uh, Ignite Mage shenanigans going on right now. Uh, I may have flown a little too close to the sun on, on that one. And my number one favorite card. Um, wow, what a shocker. It is Defend the Dwarven District. Uh, Meowth, how could you drag me down with you and uh, force me to list this as my favorite card as, as an odd hunted defender? Yeah, I don't yeah. know, dude. I, I love Hunter. As you guys know, I've been talking about how amazing Hunter has been for the past four years, and you guys know I love that class, and so I had to mm -hmm. I had to make you guys feel the same way. I feel betrayed by the both of you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, who would possibly do that, Ruffle? Um, I know. Anyway, I know. Let's, I... let's hear your top five. Sure, sure, sure. At number five, I had Jace Darkweaver, because he's a mini-yog, and... Um... He's been seeing a lot of play in Standard. In Wild, it is... There's just not enough fun stuff that you can do because, like, yeah. he costs eight mana and you don't have a lot of fell spells. So it's kind of a bummer. Uh, that, that was a pick that I knew was going to kind of be a dud, but for the future. I'm I'm mm. forward thinking. Yeah. Um, My number four pick, I actually skipped... I, I, I left it blank. Like, I didn't pick a huh. fourth favorite. Weird. That's weird. So number three, I had uh, Maestra of the Masquerade. Um, which the whole purpose of this was to do a neutral renounce deck with Wormrest Purifier. Fantastic. It was one of the most fun decks I've played this expansion. I actually did that in the Seedlock metagame, but I did it early enough before people caught on, and it was hilarious. <laughs> the other thing that I like doing is um, just shoving this into any rogue deck. I played it in Mill Rogue for some reason, and I just scream at my opponents and laugh at them for thinking that I was a class other than rogue, and that's my favorite thing to do for whatever reason. Uh, at number four, I actually did have Defend the Dwarven District because I'm a monster. Um, <laughs> at number two, uh, I had Dark Bishop Benedictus because I just like Benedictus. Uh, one of my favorite things that I've done with him so far is I actually played him in a Thief Priest alongside regular uh, Benedictus. So I had Double Benny, which was twice as much fun. Um, and it was kind of pointless. Question. But yes. W was Shadow Benny actually active? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I mean, what's the point? A lot of the uh, the like thought steal, a lot of the uh, thief priest cards are um, actually mm -hmm. shadow priests anyway, or shadow spells anyway. So I wasn't losing much. Palm reading is uh, just good. Uh, and then at number, where was I? I can't count that high. Uh, uh, number one, yeah. I had Elwyn Boar, and uh, that was the very first deck that I played of the expansion. I had a whole lot of fun. Um, and I have never played an Elwynn Boar since then. Actually, no, that's not true. I tried 
desperately to make it work in Rogue, and it was a miserable, miserable experience, and uh, I stopped trying in other classes since then. So maybe... Uh, yeah, a lot of um, like, like gang up and stuff. Yeah, gang up. Oh, okay. Uh, lab yeah. recruiters and um, like even potion of illusions and that kind of thing. So, it the thing about rogue is that you die. You know. Oh, you, yeah. <laughs> you know the best part about this? I'm very happy Elwyn Boar wasn't like a very wide popular card because I still haven't seen that episode, so people don't ask me about the reference. Still haven't <laughs> watched it. Still good. Um. <laughs> I was totally going to play along with you, like, if you just skipped number four. <laughs> yeah, me too. I wasn't going to say a thing. <laughs> no, I I couldn't lie to the viewers like that, or the listeners. Yeah. I would have exposed, exposed you with an image for the YouTube video, but I wasn't going to expose you to the podcast. Listeners. I was okay. Um, <laughs> I, let's go ahead and talk about, like, the decks we were excited to try as well, because I think they were kind of linked in with some of our favorite cards um, as well. And I'll, I'll go... I'll go last because I know we're going to have something to say about my favorite decks, but uh, I mean, Corbett, you want to go first? <laughs> uh, sure. I apparently, which I don't remember this, uh, I had Quest Hunter, uh, Bubble Paladin, and Quest Mage. I think I remember really struggling to sort of come up with decks that I was excited about uh, because even though I, I know that I always underestimate the sets for a while, it doesn't change that I can't like, I still can't spot what I actually think is going to be good and what I'm excited to play, you know? Like, I know that I'm going to underestimate things, and then I can't help it. And so the the quest hunter, though, that I had in mind was, like, Buzzard, and that kind of just never worked out. Like, that was what I... That's kind of what I had in mind when I had as my number one favorite deck. I wanted to play Buzzards and have this, like, crazy win condition, but no, so we're playing Baku. Um, but no, I had a lot of fun with Quest Mage, for sure, with the um, Molten reflection and the hot streak um i played a ton a ton of the, that deck in the first few weeks so yeah gross i don't i don't know i'm looking at my list right now and it's pretty devastating uh, <laughs> my number one decks to try was aggro shadow priest which everybody loved mm-hmm. uh real off meta jank that ended up being next mm-hmm. up uh i will say that I did qualify this. It was Raza Hunter, but it specifically says Raza Token Hunter. I think we were all tunneled in on like the quest as a means to play Kulk or a Prack Runner and start Irving Buzzard together because we like we all had talked about how much fun the interaction was, and it was like the hero powering was just a thing that you did as an afterthought to drawing a bunch of cards off a of Buzzard and like that we were just on the uh the buzzard copium like there was it even like weeks after the expansion release none of us <laughs> yeah. wanted to believe that odd hunter was a, a real deck and that you wanted to run the dragon bane with that draw package and we were just wrong <laughs> unfortunately my third deck very excited to try this one was uh ignite mage mm. um <laughs> I thought this was going to be a worse version of uh, Mazaki Mage. And it was a worse version, but not for the person playing it for the opponent because it gets online much faster. I Like, we didn't have builds of this until very recently that were, like, you know, well thought out. I, th- I think that I was of the mindset that the Shandler was too slow and that, um, like, this was going to be a... a luna draw engine mm-hmm. and i was very wrong about that just like i was wrong about the buzzard um and 
were worse off for it because you don't have to empty your deck now. You just kind of play all of your cards on turn five and win the game, or all of your ignites on turn five and win the game. Honorable mention was Boar Priest, which was a lot of fun, and I should probably play again sometime. I will say I love how like you are known for playing all this off meta jank and the fun combos and the three decks that you were the most excited to play were like three really oppressive meta decks in Shadow Priest, Quest Hunter, and Ignite Mage. It's it's hilarious. Got an eye for it. <laughs> I I thought they were gonna be garbage. <laughs> Don't say uh, that. Just take credit, Ruffle. You just like you're spotting weeks ahead of the meta. That's it. Ruffle's just big brain, dude. Come on. I, I will say that, like, m months, like, several expansions before, um, like, watch posts were even released, I had a Tax Paladin video that was, like, <laughs> it, it was just, like, a dumb thing that I did. I, was, I, I saw the future. That's really what it comes down to. All right, so, Rafa, what's the next big meta breaker in five months? What is, what is it now? Well, I've been saying for a while that... Um, the next expansion is going to be Alteric Valley, and I stand by that. But that's only because of what they've teased so far, and it's because it's a logical assumption based on uh, the battle between the Horde and Alliance. So that's the future for you. Cool. All right. Bookmark this. Uh, was it Remind Me? That's the Reddit command, right? Yeah. yeah. Remind yeah. Me I also, two months. <laughs> yeah, I also predicted the mercenaries would become hero cards, so that's my other bold prediction. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I go two for two. Yeah, I think that one has been like soft confirmed. But we'll, confirmed. We'll wait. Yeah. I, yeah, I said confirmed. that at the beginning. You of did. Last that was a long. Yeah, yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, that's fair. You did say that. We'll we'll give you credit for that. All right. So you're one out of two. If you're two out of two, I don't I don't even know. You're freaking fortune teller over here. Um. All right. Let's. Uh. My three decks to try. So I also had Raza Hunter. I I specifically remember. I I can. I'm gonna go find the audio to like include here on the video potentially just to like prove that i said this but i was like i don't think this deck is going to be good but it's going to be fun to play like a jank hunter deck um so you were wrong out, on both accounts yeah exactly yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah wrong on both accounts um it's just gonna be a worse raza priest but it'll be fun to play because it's hunter right it'll be bad uh mm -hmm. oh god um but then my like second uh set of decks were, were actually ones that i'm like actually still very excited to play these like even lock and even yeah. Rena lock were my my decks kind of the meld of the two just because like i knew we were getting a bunch of cards for that those archetypes and i was really excited to play them in in warlock just because like even lock and reno even lock have been some of my favorite archetypes for a long time and so i i will say this one meta like the one deck that i am really enjoying playing is reno even lock or even reno lock whatever you want to call it and i think this is the first time in almost a year <laughs> where i have like enjoyed playing the tier one deck so it's um it's a little bit awesome but also, everybody's, you know, trying to hate on the deck. So, we'll go that. And then, um, just like Raffle, I'm, like, mysteriously missing this third option here. Just like he was missing in his, like, top five favorite cards. So, I don't... I didn't have a third uh, third deck to try. But Raza Hunter and, uh, and Evenlock, spot on. Those are fun decks to play. The show notes say something about Pirate Warrior, Meowth. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pirate Warrior. I was super excited to play Pirate Warrior because the, the quest I totally saw that was going to see play in that deck. Yeah, with, yeah. The, with the Zephyrus, it looks like. Whoa, where, where did that come from? What? And Arena. I mean, that's yeah. just after you draw through your deck with Ankar, right? He couldn't exactly. possibly have thought that, like, a. Highlander. Like, like an intentional no. Reno Pirate Warrior deck would be good. That would mm. be silly. Yeah. I'm not that dumb, guys. Come on. We would have shut that down immediately and laughed of at it. Of course. You would have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, But you didn't do it because I, I didn't looking... say that. So. Yeah, yeah. 
I am looking at this list though, and I'm looking at these decks, and I see the words, you know, like Agro Shadow Priest, Ignite Mage, so much Raza Hunter, Even Lock. Are we the baddies? Are we? Are we? Are we the bad guys? <laughs> are we the problem? <laughs> are we the people that we hate? Yeah, I think so. I think so. We. I. I will. No. No. I did not expect these to be good, so I can't be blamed for the fact that they are good. I didn't make the cards. I didn't even build the good decks, so you cannot blame me for these existing. You no, cannot. but Ruffle, you, you know how influential we are. Our voices decide everything that goes on in the WoW format. And so when we said that these were the decks that we were excited to try, obviously this is what people are going to be playing. So this is, this is our fault. Sorry, guys. No. I refuse to take any responsibility for this because I had nothing to do with it. Uh, I think we had everything to do with it. Alright, so that was kind of our review of our reviews. Um, and I think if you guys are listening at home, I think you will see that we have dodged a, uh, a very, very important part of uh, United and Stormwind when looking at our card reviews. So we talked a lot uh, about what we predicted, what we were excited to see. Um, I think it's time to talk about some of the the big misses that we had. Cards that we just, like, didn't foresee being as powerful as they were, <laughs> right? Um, and I think we have to start with the the very obvious one. we got to talk about the Demon Seed, only the second card to be banned in, in Wild's history. And uh, I don't see it on our top five most powerful, top five favorite. I don't even remember what we were, like, talking about when we reviewed the card. Uh, this doesn't go in Dark Lair. Why would we play this card? Uh, yeah. We um, might... We might have skipped it. I think, like we just said, it's not even worth looking at. Yeah. No, I think we, I think we talked about it just to talk about how wrong people were about being worried about it. But oh, we like, really doubled down then. We, right. We really went for it. Here's the thing, though. I don't see the demon seed being played anymore. So, is it really that good of a card? True. It's there not seeing go. any play, right? So we were right. Yeah. 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 I think I think the reality is is that we tunneled in on what Dark Lair was and didn't think about what like the seed block on its own could be. And yeah. that's really like we were too fixated on the Dark Lair shell. And I think maybe rightfully said Dark Lair as we know it now doesn't want this card. But we didn't think about what like Dark what it could be like outside of Dark Lair with like just Dark Lair as an enabler for seed block rather than like the other way around. We were thinking of seed uh, Demon Seed as an enabler for Dark Glare when the reality was that like the card was its own win condition. Yeah, I mean, I, I just... Yeah, I definitely agree that uh, the big thing that was missed was just how easy this quest was to complete and how inevitable it was as soon as you got to like play the reward. The fact that you could actively play the reward out on turn 5 and it flipped matchups like Reno Priest into being what were very close matchups previously for a deck like Dark Glare into very, very oppressive matchups that were basically nigh on, like, unwinnable for the Reno Priest, right? Because as soon as that Tanzer comes down, like, it doesn't matter what board clears they have or anything, they're just going to be dying from, essentially from hand, like, with all the reach that they get off Crystallizer. Um, and so, yeah, it was just a complete narrowing in, it, narrowing, narrowing in <laughs> of uh, picturing the mirror and seeing, you know, like, oh, if I start with one less card in hand... You know that it makes it so much worse, but you also miss out on things like the dark lair. Uh, sorry, not the dark lair, but the flesh giant discounts. Mm -hmm. The uh, eventually the happy ghoul synergy that ended up popping up here and there. Like it just kind of went in a little bit of a different direction, and it was a total whiff. Like I, I was very, very sure that dark lair warlock with giants would not play this, and I was very, 
very, very wrong. Not even to mention the fatigue list that eventually popped up. Yeah, I do remember, like, when we were doing theorycrafting stuff, I was like, oh, do we could do some sort of, like, turbo fatigue thing, but this is not going to be, like, a a viable win con, right? It's going to be a nice meme deck that you can play, like, I, I think my initial initial list had Blood, Blood Bloom and Doom in the, in the deck <laughs> as, like, hey, hit fatigue, like, I had Hemet in there as well, so you, like, delete your deck, and then you Blood Bloom Doom, and you, like, fatigue for, like, seven or eight, and, like, I, I think all of us just kind of completely overestimated how easy, or I guess underestimated how easy it is to complete that quest. I mean, people people were playing Unlicensed Apothecary for, like, the yeah. first week or so, right? And uh, that's just an example of how much people sort of narrowed in on having to build around the reward and build around the quest completion when it's just not what ended up being needed at all. It was yeah. just like a, a perfect complementary piece into the deck. Yeah. I don't think we need to talk more about demons. I think we can just say that we all missed it. But I also think that like <laughs> 95% of the people in the WoW format missed the demon seed. So I don't feel really bad about us missing that. I don't think very many people were talking about this card to begin with when like reveal season was around i don't know ruffle did you hear people talking about it because i know i didn't oh yeah people were terrified i was trying to be a rational voice to let them know that the format wasn't going to be ruined are you are you serious <laughs> like, like <laughs> all i heard about was how devastating uh, the demon seed was going to be are we talking about this is another instance where twitch chat was actually right don't tell them that but yes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the one a lifetime thing happened. Regrettably, yeah. Um, yeah. To be fair, though, it wasn't just like the warlock quest that I feel like we were wrong about, right? We didn't just underestimate the warlock quest. I mean, I I have four listed out here. Like we underestimated the hunter quest, right? I know we all talked about like, oh, this will be a fun meme deck. Like I don't think it's going to be super competitive. We were all wrong. Um, I do remember specifically saying I the warrior quest i was like well you're not gonna run this in normal pirate warrior because you don't want to start with one less card no that's why you can just like run this as a win con in odd pirate warrior or reno pirate warrior yeah you just run normal pirate warrior you can put your quest faster and you just outvalue the freaking slower warrior decks so yeah we're wrong about that one um obviously the druid quest we missed that i mean shaman quest got nerfed because of standard the mage quest is seeing play in standard like i think we were just like complete like the demon hunter quest saw play and i know we like we didn't talk we were about to not talk about it i know raffle was like i want to talk about this because i want to say you'll discount the cards that you're fatiguing right <laughs> yeah i, I remember I, that. I only wanted i made sure that it was included on our show notes just so that i could make a joke about how bad it was <laughs> yeah uh, um it's nuts right like every single one of the quests no matter what was underestimated uh at least by us you know obviously twitch chat nailed it <laughs> um but I, I think this is just, like, a very common thing that happens every single time there's new cards that look sort of vaguely familiar, like old cards. Whether it's the Corridor Creeper and Bolvar example, there, uh, you know, it, it gets buffed up for each minion that dies, or uh, gets cheaper in that case. Um, once you sort of start associating a certain design with an old bad card, whether it's, like, the Hambuff Paladin cards as well, that's another big one, I, I think that people just sort of started thinking about the quests that we've been seeing and how bad they were in our format. Um, and they kind of missed out on the whole, you know, quest line aspect 
all those mini rewards that you get and those little bonuses and just how much of an insane difference that makes. Because, you know, if Rakara was all that you got in Pirate Warrior, I, I don't really think you necessarily would be playing Rakara or the uh, the Pirate Quest. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get the anchor. You get the anchor draw. You get the, uh, the little cannon shots there as well. And it just makes such a big difference, uh, you know, overall. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one of the, the, the reason the excuse if you will excuse, if you prefer yes. uh the, for why we miss the the quest so badly is that we like without being able to play with them it was impossible to know how quickly you could get them online mm-hmm. in the case of like uh the hunter quest in particular even seedlock just like how easy the requirements were to reach like with um you know with seedlock you, you said it already you could get tamsin down on turn five and win the game off the back of that with the hunter quest we kind of underestimated how much like we all knew that rapid fire was going in the deck but then like seeing how rapid fire just churn through the the quest line was uh disgusting once it like actually started happening in the game and i don't think that that's something that can easily be predicted because it's like yeah you put in the one minute spells and then you run out of cards and then the game's over and you're like so that's why we are so fixated on the draw package um the other thing we underestimated was how impactful the intermediate steps uh were like like you said the the first the first phase of the warrior quest is draw your best card and like that's That's good yeah that's kind of (laughs) silly um you know even uh even just like the intermediate stage is the second stage of the hunter quest setting your hero power to zero well like that's just three free damage for it until you get the Tavish down which is still good in um in odd hunter so like i think we missed that and then with druid we were just way off base because we were just like well this is way too fair what's that gonna do but like that armor stacks quickly and i think that's the that's the thing that we uh missed there that was kind of a unique case where it's just like oh oh numbers get real big and then the opponent dies (laughs) like Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know how anyone could have predicted that one because it just looks so bland. Like we weren't alone with the, the Druid Quest. I have no Druid and Demon Hunter. I have no regrets over missing those because everybody missed those because they just looked like legitimately unplayable. And yeah. um, we were wrong though. They weren't. Uh, people said the same thing about uh, the caverns below. So, like. I, I I don't know some some things like that with uh, very specific requirements. It's hard to predict how easy those requirements are to meet until you actually start playing the game. Yeah, I kind of want to ask you guys like a general question. I don't know if this fits here in this episode. Maybe I'll cut it. But how do you guys feel about quest lines in general? So like obviously the demon seed got banned, but are you guys happy that they printed them? Like in general, like are you happy that quest lines are a thing? Do you think they make the WoW format a better place? Like I know. I, I've seen this. I'm gonna shout out Martian for this. For if it's a bad take, you guys can flame him too. Um, but he said like once the demon seed got banned, like he wouldn't have been opposed to also seeing just like kind of quest lines in general being kind of going on under a makeover or being kind of banned in the format. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but they also remind me a lot. I don't know how many you get if you guys went through companions in Magic. I guess Raffle. I don't know if you know about that whole companion shenanigan, but it feels very similar to that, where, like, the power level and the consistency of them are, like, way too damn high. Um, 
I don't know how you guys are feeling about it, but I, I'm kind of in the boat of Martian. I was like, I wouldn't be opposed to them. All. Like, I know it's never going to happen because of the wild format, but I wouldn't be opposed if they kind of, like, Hall of Famed from wild, these quest lines. Like, I, I wouldn't be opposed to those. I don't know how you guys feel. Yeah, I think that um, quests, uh, since their inception in Journey to Angoro, have always created a very linear game plan. You play cards to do the thing that your quest says. He said and that's word. not inherently he said the word he said linear oh no i i know i know and i know that's like a hot button twitter thing but i don't care that's that's that is the reality of it right like you have specific instructions for what you need to do you build your deck to do that thing you play your cards to do that thing and that's that's not inherently bad linear decks aren't inherently bad there is an audience for decks of that variety as well that they there are players that's the reason why part of the reason why the expansion of Journey to Angoro is looked upon so fondly is because a lot of people really did like those original quests. The difference, though, is those quests were kind of bad uh, with, a, a, you know, a few exceptions. Like, some saw some play here and there, but they weren't, like, meta-defining decks necessarily with the exception of Quest Rogue and, you know, Quest Warrior to, um, to some extent. Um, so I think we need to view it Similar to how we view disruption, um, where yes, there's an audience for that, but no, they that type of deck shouldn't be almost the entirety, like a, a substantial portion of the metagame, um, nor should they be as powerful as some of those quest lines are right now. So I think it's the, the combination uh, of the linear nature of them and how powerful they are. And I think that creates a bad mix where the... Like, you get a bit of a repetitive metagame as a result of that. And uh, so I think that the problem isn't with quests inherently. I think it's that the quests that we got are a little bit overtuned, uh, especially compared to what previous quests have been in the past. So I think that's my problem with it. I mean, if you just up the requirements on some of those by some amount, um, you know, they would be a lot more reasonable and a lot less you know, unfun to play against because they would be less powerful. And I think that's the problem is that they're just more powerful than, you know, some of the other decks cards that we've had in the past. Yeah, I think uh, the quests in general um, probably make wild less fun um, and are net negative overall for the format. I think that the question though was, uh, you know, how do I feel about quests in general? And uh, do I like them? Do I not? I think, like, for what they've done at Standard, they've actually been very, very positive. And that's obviously the lens that you generally want to be viewing, you know, like, card design and evaluating how a card is doing is basically how it's doing in Standard. Because I really think that, uh, again, this is a wild show, but I think that um, a lot of the decks that are currently being played right now in Standard built around the quests are very interesting. And, uh, you know, they I think they lead to a lot of fun games high skill cap games uh high skill cap but uh so i'd say like overall for standards purposes i think the net i think overall they've been a positive um even though they do come with you know very clear detriments and benefits right like ruffle was talking about their linear game plan um or the the deck building sort of being very focused on this one thing um whereas the 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 positive aspects are you know, the that means the games don't drag on, for example, and the uh, the players feel like they have a very clear objective on what they need to be doing, and games don't become fatigue fests and, and things like that. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think in general for Wild, I definitely don't necessarily want to like ban them all. <laughs> Even though I think right now um, they're probably a, a negative for the format. I am interested though to see whether these are are these Baku and Gen, right? That is the big question, right? Because we we have them for this current expansion. But are these going to be these persistent things that are just defining every single metagame for the next uh, 18 months, two years, whatever, how level long in wild? And uh, if that becomes the case, then I think it's going to feel really bad uh, eventually. Yeah, I, I just I, I feel like they're not obviously we don't know what they're going to do. Right. But they've always shown this hesitancy to not touch things in wild. Right. That's their philosophy. And so I feel like we're in the long haul for Odd Quest Hunter and quest warrior yeah i mean you, you can't really nerf them at all right so yeah. you, when you're looking at that you're thinking about either like banning them or you're talking about like nerfing support pieces in wild the the weird thing about the quests is just because of how synergistic they are is that they're not designed to be completed on turn four or turn five and it's very weird for our format the fact that they regularly are um <laughs> like tavish and rakara getting slammed down on turn five and six is very weird and uh, not sort of the intention, but there's not really a great way to kind of go about that you know, in terms of fixing, quote unquote, fixing the problem. Um, again, quote unquote, problem. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know if it is something that needs yeah. fixing right now. But uh, yeah, I, I think the like using the lens of uh, Genabaku, like it's hard to think about it now, but like you know, we got through and Baku and eventually just like we got through secret mage eventually yeah. right like it, it doesn't feel great at the time but like there there are going to be cards like that in in every metagame that we experience and like how many even odd decks do we see right now how many um you know secret mages do we see right now so the things change when new cards get introduced and you know very much like gen and baku i could even if these remain some of the better decks in the format, like I could see them falling off in popularity over time simply because the novelty wears off. Mm -hmm. Like there was a time when Odd Paladin was the be arguably the best deck in the format. There was a long history of Pirate Warrior being the best deck in the format, and like they were still, you know, fairly underplayed given their relative power level. So like it's it's hard to think about that now because like Great IQ didn't do another Pirate Warrior, another um, Odd Hunter, but like. I don't know. There's some. Uh, there's no reason to be hopeless for the, the future of the format because new cards got introduced, and I've, I've been seeing a lot of that lately. And it's just like, I, you know, there's there's doomers in every expansion. There may be more of them now, and they may be louder now. But like, it's. It, I feel like we just have kind of the same conversation every expansion, and people forget that. Every expansion ruins wild. Every expansion is the worst expansion they've ever done. Right? Am I am I sounding right? It sounds sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. No, I just, I completely agree with all this. Like, I, I just bring it up, right? Because I've seen the conversation. And once I heard the conversation, I was like, you know, I could kind of get behind that. Like, I'd be down if they did it. I know they probably won't, but I, <laughs> it does very much remind me of, like, the companion situation in Magic, where they had to, like, completely nerf this brand new mechanic, or er erotic, yeah. in, like, a few months. And so it reminds me very much of the same, the same reasons why they complained about companion in Magic is the same reason that they're, like, complaining complaining about quest in uh in wild i guess not really standard like uh, corbett mentioned but uh, a lot of people are pissed off about quest and standard yeah <laughs> oh okay all right well and, like, i'm not very tuned into standard so i don't know i'm not following all the people that are complaining i know i know um 
I ha- I've heard some like rumblings, but I didn't know if it was like a very popular opinion. Like, and I'm not even dismissing those like criticisms or or complaints about that because like like I said, I'm not you know super keen on this uh, like expansion or the the quest lines themselves. But like I I'm also not going to let a few cards ruin my enjoyment of a video game like and and if it does like i'll just you know step away from playing it for whatever period of time that i need like there i i don't know i i'm going to dislike things about no matter or about every metagame no matter what they are um i'm gonna dislike some more than others and the seedlock was a great example of that but I'll, i'll still find a way to enjoy the game even though it's imperfect because it's always going to be imperfect wise words wise words to live by um it feels kind of weird jumping from quest to these other cards but we did miss a lot of other cards <laughs> right when we're talking about kind of some powerful cards from united and storm we've been talking a lot about the quest and the impact they've had on the metagame um but but there have been a ton of other really really strong cards and really talk like really strong support pieces for decks uh that we kind of completely missed or we underestimated their power and so i kind of want to touch on some of those uh to wrap up the episode as well so i want to start with we talked a lot about dark bishop benedictus and how it was going to drive these aggro shadow priests potentially um we kind of completely overlooked the reason that the deck exists in uh in void touch attendant right this card is absolutely bonkers um I'm kind of sad that Shadow Priest, I, I've been dabbling in standard, I haven't seen a single Shadow Priest, which means it doesn't look like Void Touch Attendance getting touched anytime soon. Um, but honestly, that might be a good thing, uh, because it, it's it's the reason that Aggro Shadow Priest was good, right? It's fallen off a little bit since Seedlock's been nerfed, but I think it's still a very, very good deck. But uh, but yeah, Void Touch Attendant, absolutely bonkers card. Yeah, I, I think that, like, even without Benedictus, like, this card would probably make aggro priest a consideration. We also missed, uh, not really missed, but, like, this whole Ignite Mage with infinite damage by cycling these Ignites. Um, I think all three of us were just like, eh, this just looks like a worse Mazaki Mage. Why would you ever play this? Um, turns out when you get to consistently combo a turn or two faster than Mazaki Mage, it makes all the difference in the world. Um, all the accusations of animation skipping and all that kind of stuff aside, right? Which we were not going to dive into because it's not worth it. Um, I mean, Ignite Mage oh, okay. is the combo deck, right? For, for Mage. Oh, oh, I'll happily dive into it. Oh, I've been talking about this a lot uh, the past week and a half or so. I mean, go for it. Go for it. Okay. Uh, most of your opponents aren't cheating. They're just dealing damage and the animations are asynchronous. That's a bad thing because it creates confusion for you as the player, but your opponents are very likely not cheating. There are some very credible examples of people cheating, but they are very rare and not likely happening to you unless you have a boatload of armor. Um, but like the so the problem is is threefold, uh, as I explained it on stream the other day. The cheaters, which are are a problem and should be you know punished, but like there's likely a handful of them because it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, the problem is the asynchronous animations that um, that I mentioned where things are happening on your screen that have already happened for your opponent. And so it looks as though they're taking longer than they're allowed to, but they're not. It's just the animations catching up with them. The third thing and the real key thing is that Sorcerer's Apprentice exists and it shouldn't. Um, and that's like if you just remove that card, you remove the problem. 
in the same way that um you know changing the way echo works fixed the snip snap problem we had the same accusations during the snip snap era where people were just like pointing fingers at each other accusing each other of cheating when like yes it was happening but not nearly on the scale that people like to make it out to be it sucks to lose the game to both of these decks it sucks to have to wait you know an extra two minutes to find out that oh i was dead this whole time but your opponent probably isn't cheating yeah it's um it's a very narrow number of people that are doing this right and every single time anyone loses to ignite match the the rope keeps burning because it keeps burning that's what it does and then they immediately think and that they're you know being cheated and they're confused and there's been a lot of misinformation going on around this very recently that is adding to the confusion i think um but we'll we'll see if some of that resolves because i know that um blizzard are aware of what's been going on um and they not necessarily right now but they do band waves for this type of thing they don't do it like on a schedule necessarily but they do do them and so we'll see if anything you know resolves for this but the important takeaway is uh i mean ignite mage can do almost like it can do upwards of like 50 60 damage without cheating a lot of the time uh um, yeah like, it's I'd... very it's very rare that someone like you don't need to cheat guys to get to like 30 or play 30 cards at a turn like that can just happen no i had i had uh people in my youtube comments first of all like psychopathically time stamping like for legitimately three to four hours straight every misplay that i made explaining what i did wrong which yeah i made mistakes but like that that, that was a whole new level of uh jesus uh, <laughs> of of critique and but i also had other people that you know were familiar with the deck saying that they could easily do 35 plus damage with a single ignite which was not yeah. possible for me i realize i'm a boomer but i like i was struggling to get to to 30 with a single ignite so like you know, on a good, um, you know, on good hardware with a good APM, it's certainly doable to to do that scale of damage. Unless you're sitting on like 75 armor or something, like you you cannot reliably say that you um, your opponent has cheated. And I think it's uh, getting a little bit overblown. But back to the you know issue at hand, Ignite and Chandler uh, created this new deck. But again, the core problem is, was, and always has been, always will be until it's changed, Sorcerer's Apprentice. If you just change that card, these, this combination of Ignite and Chandler are not problematic, and nor are any of the APM versions of, uh, of Mage deck. So, like, it's just Sorcerer's Apprentice. It's always been. It always will be, and please change this card. So you mentioned uh, good hardware. So, first of all, uh, Corvette needs a new toaster. Just charity drive. Uh, I, I, I just had a new gaming chair, Meowth. I got this. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Corvette Games. Uh, help him find a, fund a new toaster so that he comes back to Wild to play some more APM Mage. Um, sorry, uh, I had to do that. But also, like, insert rant about accessibility and, like, include toaster uh, <laughs> yep. about yeah. competitive we, blah, blah, blah. We but, had this... Like, I have a decent machine. Like, my, my monitor isn't great, which apparently the refresh rate is probably one of the limiting factors. But, like, I have, you know, I stream, I edit videos. Like, I have pretty decent hardware. It shouldn't be a limiting factor for me. And, like, I legitimately felt like I couldn't grab grab the card in time to, like, make 30 damage happen reliably with a single Ignite. So, like, if I'm struggling, like, you know, people with... Uh, 
on their phones are are certainly not going to you know have a manageable uh, time with it. So yeah, we had this discussion already though. So yeah. the deck exists; it's got a place in the metagame, right? I don't really know what it's beating outside of just like hey. I can beat any deck by turn five, or I can lose to any deck by turn five, right? Who knows? Um, I'm not really too familiar with the deck myself because I don't play it because I'm a boomer and I have a vendetta against Sources Apprentice anyways. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it has a place in the metagame. People love these sorts of decks, right? As much crap as we give it, as much as people call for cheating on Twitter when they shouldn't, um, people love the deck and people always play styles of these decks. So like, I'm glad it exists. I'm just not glad that it's like as strong as it is right and especially now that people are running like the minion dense version like god you can't even rat to disrupt their combo and it's uh it's so frustrating um like i know i know uh raffle you were crapping on nerubian unravelers i will never cut nerubian unravelers from my deck because <laughs> it beats ignite mage and i will take my like minus 20 percent in other matchups as long as i beat ignite mage because fuck that deck so sorry for my language but but also fuck that deck so <laughs> um but but yeah, I mean, we're not. Sh- I'm not shaming you if you guys enjoy the deck. But also, I like it has a place, and I'm happy that you enjoy it if you enjoy it. But also, <clears throat> let's uh, let's move on before we. Uh... Uh, I will also say they they have mentioned. I think I've talked about this every time we talk about Ignite Mage. Ixar has like publicly said that like Sources Apprentice is on their radar as a card that's always like, <laughs> you know. They've been saying that for a while. I'm not normally one to beat that horse but they've been saying that for a period of time like they, I it's uh, i'm losing hope on this one even i am <laughs> santa's not real is that <laughs> is that what i mean uh, yeah i don't know we'll see if they ever do anything i doubt they will but maybe maybe that's their answer to like this whole waves of claims of cheating even if people are not maybe their answer to that is to nor- nerf sources apprentice Fingers crossed. Oh, my sweet meow. Hey, oh. dude. We, we were on that code <laughs> so about a bunch of other stuff. This is the next thing that we yeah. have to move on to. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe one day they will nerf Sources Apprentice. We got this. Um, all right, let's talk about a whole other like, set of cards, though. Um, kind of the last set of cards that we kind of completely underestimated. Um, I had this as some of my favorite decks to play, right? This whole package of even lock cards, right? We had Nathron, we had Goldshire Null, we had Pack Mule. Uh, you can lump Entitled Customer in there if you really, really want to. You can lump Nerfed Battlemaster in this if you want to. This whole package of cards that Evenlock got that, like, suddenly boosted it from a Tier 4 deck to, like, a top-tier deck, right? Because Anathron, Goldshire, no Pack Mule are, like, absolutely bonkers cards. They're really, really good. Um, people realizing that Solrend is, like, probably a playable card. Pretty good, right? So this whole package of cards, I think, none of us really had any of these cards. I Like, I had Entitled Customer, but that was kind of not really looking at at even lock but um yeah really really good cards uh really really big boost uh to even lock and i don't know something there's something fair i feel like about even lock compared to all these other decks that spam giants early on in the game i don't know i don't know what it is but something it's not fair, fair but it, it's not fair but like it i don't know it feels more fair in the same way that like um you know, even when it was the best deck in the format, even Shaman felt fair to play against because it just, like, it did a rather predictable thing, I guess. But it also won primarily with minion damage, which in a game like Hearthstone feels fair even when it's not. 
um, which Evenlock is certainly not, <laughs> because one mana Netheron and one mana even Goldshire Null is is not a fair thing. Um, but like the the interaction between those three cards, I think is really kind of cool with a, a Netheron, uh, Goldshire Null, Packmule. Like the combination of Packmule and Goldshire Null even enabled um, like Hand Mage as a fringe archetype. That's like actually oh, yeah. legitimate. Like I yeah. I. I played this early on and like I just saw an opponent do fun things against me and I'm like, I want to do that. So I, I built a <laughs> deck and then like people actually started refining it and getting good legend lists with, uh, with similar uh, builds and it's just kind of cool. Yeah, uh, I mean, we all noticed, I think, just how many cards Evenlock got. It just sort of felt like it wouldn't matter very much. At least that was what I sort of remember doing, like, theory crafting. Kind of looked at it and like, whoa, that's like 12 new cards. Nice T4 deck. Um, and it's like, moved on. Um, but yeah, overall, it's great. Uh, I'm very happy that Evenlock's back. Um, after, it had a lengthy, uh, you know, uh, a lengthy time away sort of from, um, from the meta. I remember when it was the best deck in the format back in god when was this <laughs> it was like i think the it first... was witchwood right or like soon after yeah, it was like the, the year of witchwood so what was that like rusticons rumble boomsday like around that era even lock was maybe the best wild deck and uh it took a long time to come back but yeah turns out um eight eights on turn three quite good in wild hearthstone uh i i love i love even lock so like even if it's a super unfair deck I'm gonna take this time to actually enjoy playing the top tier decks for once, and so yeah, I, nothing bad. To I say. love Reno. I love Reno. Even look, it's probably like if I was playing Wild a bit more actively right now, that was the deck that I enjoyed the most. Uh, right now, Reno. Even I think it's really cool. Yeah, I know. Did you still have that clip of what was it three years ago where you were like, one day Reno Evenlock will be <laughs> the tier one deck? Just do wait, and here we are. Yeah, <laughs> I, I used to say that all the time on like discords and stuff because my whole idea was like Highlander cards are busted and Gen is busted, and then eventually there'll be so much synergy that you'll just want both the Highlander cards and the hero power. Even Reno Lock is going to be the best deck of the format in 18 months. And I might have said that like 36 months ago. But uh, it was just much like Ruffle is ahead of the meta. I also uh, far ahead of my time. Well, I'm sitting here apparently as the lone, just pure even lock truther. Trying to <laughs> convince you guys that like, why are you putting cards that you pay more than um, six mana for that aren't ending the game? Like, what is wrong with you? Hey man, you make ends the game on turn six, okay? Evenlock is not a control deck. Stop trying to make it a control deck. You smack people in the face with it. I haven't and, had uh, the ability to play Highlander cards because of Seedlock. So I will take this opportunity to play my yellow cards, and I will be happy about it, even if it's not the best way to play it. All right? I'm going to do okay. it. You can't stop me. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking, though, you want to talk about smacking the face. I mean, that's a perfect transition to the last card. Uh, Battlemaster. Yeah. Which we didn't, uh, didn't touch on. So Battlemaster... The original 5-mana five 5-5, five five, another card that we weren't super high on, but um, had to get nerfed because it was so busted. And it seems like it's making an even bigger impact in Wild now that it's got nerfed than before, which is pretty funny. Yeah. I think, I mean, it was in play before, just not like in a tier one deck like it is now. Right. Like it, it is a state, it is a necessary component for what make, made even lock, um, you know, jump in terms of its uh, power level because like it just shuts down the game, shuts up the game like it's good. Yeah, I think when it initially was revealed, I think our initial impressions were like, 
it's either going to be Omega Busted or it's going to be Super yeah. Win More and it's going to like not be worth running. Turns out that it's Super Omega Busted. I think it's even stronger now that it's six mana compared to five because you get to run it in even lock now. And it like even lock for the longest time has been missing a way to end games, right? Like you have this eight eight and you get to play another eight eight, but if they deal with those eight eights, you can't win the game. Now now you have Battlemaster where like the moment they leave one giant on the board, you're kind of like in lethal range because of Battlemaster, which is like I think it's the reason that Evenlock is good. Like, I know Evenlock got, like, 12 new cards. I know we were just talking about Anathron, Null, Pack Mule. I don't think we would be talking about Evenlock as a Tier 1 deck if we didn't nerf Battlemaster to 6 mana. Um, just because, like, that's how powerful it is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And about everything that you just said, except for the part where, um, you know, you talked about us discussing it either being a busted card or a big flop. I was of the mindset that this card was not going to be relevant at all. So don't, don't lump me in with you. I was completely off base with this. <laughs> I was like, why would, why'd you care about wind fearing things? Just like, just make big min one big minion. That's enough. Yeah. You don't need to attack twice with it. Like you, you have to stick these big minions. If you stick big minion, you already won. Like it's just bloodlust. And I was wrong. It's okay. It's all right. I think we, I was I was in the boat of I think it's gonna be a flop like that's what I was leaning towards too like I was excited about this for, in Handbuff Paladin not like any other deck mm. I was I was on the, I'm on the Handbuff Paladin trade man I for some reason I'm infatuated with Paladin recently and I was like that's all I was thinking about was Battlemaster in, in Handbuff Paladin um, yeah. super excited I, I probably did probably did like skip over a little bit too much just how nuts this was in darkler like in yeah. the scene block with the uh the molten's and the flesh kind of good with those cards um yeah this is one that we found out like very recently that it did get a one of the last buffs like they had it at six mana for the longest time and then they gave it a little bit of a nudge to uh put it to five and so yeah even the devs it seems like they weren't 100% sure. Although, even at 6 mana, like we're saying, uh, still really, really good card, and, you know, has a, has a home. I was very surprised as well, just to mention the uh, the buffs and the late balance decisions as well. We, if we found out that the warrior quest, just before I forget, the warrior quest was also going to be two pirates on the first part. Uh, that was very, very late. In, like, that might have been the last change they said that they did. <laughs> Ima so... Dude, imagine where you're oh, like consistently <laughs> having Anchor on turn three. Like, you have Corsair Cash in your opening hand every game. Oh, God. Wait, imagine going a uh, quest and they have the Deckhand, Deckhand, Coin Anchor. On turn two? Oh, God. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Thank you for for nerfing that before we released it. But also, can we nerf it again? <clears throat> um, no, you're right. That's that's kind of insane. Imagining that at two mana, that's that's gross. Yeah. I love those little tidbits that they give though when it comes to these like final balance decisions, yeah. like what we could have had. I think it's really interesting, just showing where their head was at, and you know, just imagining what the world could have been like if we, you know, if Pirate Warrior was actually good. Imagine. Oh, if it was actually good, yeah, imagine. Yeah, if it was actually good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, that's gonna wrap up our review of our you know united and stormwind reviews um honestly kind of fun uh going down and seeing how right we were and also kind of how drastically wrong we were about a lot of cards um it's always fun to do this normally we save it for the very very end but uh you know while we're in this kind of holding pattern for for new cards and new sets and all that kind of stuff i thought it would be fun to talk about and hopefully you guys listening uh enjoyed it as well um Rolf and Corbett, thank you for uh, embarrassing yourselves alongside me 
Um, it's always nice not being the only one being laughed at. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Um, let the people know uh, where they can find you guys. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RuffleHS and on Twitch and YouTube at Ruffle. And you can find me streaming from my toaster at uh, Corbett Games on Twitch and also find me at Corbett Games on Twitter and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So thanks, guys. You can find me at Get Me Out on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube as well. And of course, if you guys want to listen to the podcast on the go, don't forget that we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that kind of good stuff. Appreciate all of you guys listening towards the end. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode and we'll see you guys again next week. Later.